When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to Bucketheads, Land Grant, Holy Lands College Basketball Podcast. My name is Connor Lamonds and I'm here with my co-host Justin Goble for episode 68 of our College Hoops Podcast, which means Justin next week will be episode 69 of our College Hoops podcast, but this week is still episode 68. Uh, we have uh, a little Buckeye talk. We got uh, Ohio State finally won a basketball game. Rejoice, open the fridges, et cetera, et cetera. And then we got we, we got some NCAA tournament talk. We got some Big Ten tournament talk. Ohio State's locked into their seed. So uh, we got some we got some some stuff to, to chew on this week. I almost got hit by a UPS truck on the way from home from work, and it was probably my fault. So I watched my life flash before my eyes. Oh, uh, driving? I'm assuming not walking. Yes. Correct. Was it your fault? By the letter of the law, probably. Um, it was a yellow light, and you know, you know, as all drivers know, yellow light means speed up. So I sped up, and he right. was turning, and he thought I was going to stop, and he started turning. We didn't hit oh, each other, okay. but oh, so by the letter of the law, I'm assuming that's my fault. But also, like. You know, if it's a yellow light, the car is going to oh, keep no. going. If he's turning in front of you, if he's turning in front of you, I think that's his fault. My my rule when I'm turning left and there's any kind of traffic coming, I kind of just assume that I'm probably not going to be able to turn left until the ru- the light is red. Thank you. Literally, that's what I said. Literally, any car that's within like a hundred yards of a yellow light, going. they are going to run the light. So you cannot yeah. turn left until the light is red, because if they're going to have a chance to run it. And you're going straight, they will run it. And you just 100%. have to wait for the light to turn red. It was also a weird light, because like where you stop for the light is way back. So like I it was a it was a weird kind of mess with my head a little bit, but he definitely was he was already like kind of turning. He ripped it a little too quick. And of course he thinks it was my fault. I thought it was his fault. By letter of law, I thought maybe it was my fault, but who knows? We didn't hit each other, so it's all good. Uh what yeah, when I'm in that spot, I always just if I'm you always got to wait till the car comes to a complete stop. That's my opinion. Because yeah, everyone knows I'm, yellow light means speed up. Yeah, I'm, the programmed, but I'm programmed to assume that if a car has a chance to run the red light, they are going to run the red light. So I'm not going to turn until it is red and I'm clear. But anyway. That's human um, nature, baby. I'm glad that you're alive. I'm glad that uh, your car is not destroyed because after the, the scam about a month ago, I know that you could not afford to lose any more big chunks of money. So No, and I have uh, to pay. I'm moving right now. and. To get in, I really wanted to get into this new place, um, but they can only take me in March, and my lease doesn't end at my current place till end of April. So, for the next two months, I'm basically paying two months of rent at two different places. So, that's not what you want. Um, my Venmo is. <laughs> see, that's why he can't go to an Ohio State basketball game because he can't afford the thirty dollar tickets paying double rent. But it's thirty dollar tickets, yikes! If, if you want to sit up top, anyway. Ohio State. Speaking of the Buckeyes at home. Uh, they did high. play. Yeah, what what day is today? We're recording this on a Monday. This will probably drop on a Wednesday. Ohio State played on Sunday against Illinois, tournament bound uh, Illinois, who had just come back to beat Northwestern last week after trailing by eighteen at halftime. Uh, Terrence, Shane I was surprised. Was I'm not, not to cut you off, but I'm going to cut you off. I was surprised. I saw you tweeted that at halftime of the game. I was surprised nobody else did. Of like, oh, this is great. Ohio State's up by whatever they were, like 12 at the half or 10 or whatever it was. But also, like, Illinois just did this exact same thing. So maybe let's be careful. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Illinois is a really good – they're a very good team. They've got, uh, you know, Terrence Shannon Jr. came back after missing a couple games with a concussion. But, yeah, that's what jumped out at me. I was like, yeah, 12-point lead. But uh, this past weekend in college hoops was uh, absolutely absurd. I mean, you saw like – the Miami Florida State game, like biggest comeback in ACC history, like 25 points. Like a month ago, you saw Iowa State blow a 21 point lead with nine minutes left. So only up 12 points. 
on Illinois when you have a terrible defense. Uh, that game was by no means a lock at halftime, and I was just trying to remind people that. Yeah, that was a um, – especially because that Northwestern game, Boo Boo, he had 35 points, but I digress because uh, Ohio State did hang on, and they won. Yeah, so they good. withstood – they withstood a run, um, you know, as you've said a million times, the big, one of the biggest cliches in basketball. Uh, it is a game of runs. It's a game of punch, punch back. You go up by 12 at halftime. The assumption is usually that, you know, the team that's trailing is going to make a run at some point. They are going to reduce that deficit. And how does the team that's leading respond? Do they do what Ohio State typically does and is, you know, kind of go limp dick and end up trailing and playing from behind? Or do you resist that run put your foot down and uh still win the game and that's what they did this time they i think illinois cut it to i think illinois cut it to one point for a second there and then ohio state still ended up winning by 12 yeah it was either one or two it was 45 to 43 they might have cut it even closer but yeah it was just one of those games where you know we were used to ohio state this month and in january kind of being the team that's chasing in the second half of oh they're down by 14 but now they're down by six you know they're cutting into it and we've always watched the opposing team punch back. So it was nice to see Ohio State actually punch back and, you know, actually, I mean, literally punch back with the Bryce Sensabaugh dunk because uh, that's how you punch that shit home. So that was really – it was really nice to see them just – especially the freshmen. You know, of the four leading minutes of the game, three of them were freshmen, and they all played over 28 minutes. Sensabaugh played 28, Gale played 31, and Bruce Thornton played 35 minutes. So it's really cool to see kind of – we're watching these freshmen grow up before our eyes. And I mean, Felix like didn't play too much. That was just a matchup thing with Dane danger, not playing too much, but, um, and then with when Coleman Hawkins was in, they just put him at the top of the key, kind of isoed him out. And, um, you know, Hawkins is a tough matchup for a, a true five. So I, I didn't disagree with, I didn't disagree with them going small for most of the game. I thought Eugene Brown had a fantastic game. Uh, I think he's starting to, slowly carve out a role on this team, which is nice. I think, you know, he had nine points, four rebounds. He had a huge steal. Um, you know, he played some great defense down the stretch on whoever they needed him to. So I thought this was just a great game overall. Great game by obviously Bruce Thornton looked great. Sons of all looked great. Um, and, you know, I think obviously Justice Suing had a double-double, which was great to see. You know, he had the biggest play of the game, which you mentioned, that steal. And then on the other end, uh, getting the bucket. So that was kind of the, the – the nail in the coffin of Illinois. So he, he's, you know, he's taking a lot of shit this year, but it's great to see plays like that make me understand that the narrative this team has quit is just bullshit. They haven't quit. They're just losing. There's a difference between quitting and losing. They're just losing, uh, but they are not quitting. And that's, it was great to see. This game was a great example of that because if they were to quit, if they were to quit on the season, they lose this game hundred percent. So it was nice to see because Illinois yeah. has everything to play for. So, Illinois had a, I mean, Illinois had a potential, they still do, I think, mathematically, have a, a double buy in the Big Ten tournament at stake, I think, one, two, three, four. Yeah, there's still only one game back of a potential double buy, but had they won that, they, they would have been in a great spot for a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. They have a lot to play for. Ohio State has essentially nothing to play for other than let's just keep getting That's better. That's when they're at their year. most dangerous, when you got nothing to lose. And maybe it's a loser mindset. People might say that's just a loser mindset to be happy and to be positive at this point of the season. But I understand kind of what Chris Holtman and he, Chris Holtman is like molding Bruce Thornton into his own little point guard. Like even Thornton's <laughs> like even Thornton's like comments and statements after the game. I don't know if Holtman gives him like uh, like little note cards and he's like, this is what you're going to say about this. This is what you say about this. But like they're they're kind of on the same wavelength where Bruce is just keeps saying like, uh, basically Bruce Thornton is saying you know we're, when we keep stacking good practices we know that the wins are going to come we know that this is going to help us in the long run we keep stacking good games we keep stacking good possessions and we know that we're gonna we're gonna end the season with some wins even if they're not immediate like the Penn State game, um, I know when we shared the game article on Facebook we got some crap because I think the headline was like. I put like Ohio State plays, you know, their best game in quite some time, but falls to Penn State 79-75. Well, what Chris Holtman said after the game is, listen, at this point, uh, paraphrasing, at this point, I'm more worried about us having good possessions. I'm less worried yeah. at this point of the season of, of wins and losses. 
Um, he doesn't want to say the records it, record doesn't matter because we suck, but that's basically what he's saying is the record doesn't matter anymore. We suck. I'm worried about good possessions. How well are we playing regardless of what, if we win or lose? And I thought that Ohio State played really well in the Penn State game, and they just lost. Sometimes you play yeah. well and you lose. They had one and turnover. That they, yeah, they had one turnover and they still lost. And they shot, I think, better than – if you take out the final possession where they shot five threes and missed all five, <laughs> <clears throat> they shot over 50% for the game if you take out that ridiculous last possession. And I think they shot over 40% from three if you take out that ridiculous last possession. And they only turned the ball over once. And they still lost. So I think that's and what they won, saying. And they won the rebounding battle. It's nuts. I can't believe they lost that game. Against Penn State? Yeah, I think so. Uh, But that's what Thornton and and Holtman both are saying is, you know, we felt like we were playing really well against Penn State. We still lost. But that gave us confidence for this next game that, listen, even though we lost, we felt like we played really well against Penn State. And as long as we keep playing well and we just have good possessions, we're going to keep building that positive momentum. And you you can see it. Like, they are playing good basketball. If you take the way this team is playing right now, and you plop them into early January, I would be like, cool, this team has a chance to get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. Like They're playing that well right now. It's too far out of reach, but they looked yeah. really good in the Illinois game. They had a lot of really good individual plays. Like you said, the, the sense of all, uh, the dunk, like what's important, what you didn't say about that that is good to note is that Bryce Sensiball started the game uh, three of nine shooting, which is not good. But he hit his last two shots, and those last two shots were back-to-back possessions that stretched Ohio State's lead from three to seven, and then that makes him five of 11 for the day, which is a good day at the office, 14 points, five of 11 shooting. Um, he didn't let his early struggles impact him, and those were two huge buckets. And uh, you know, you said the same about Justice Suing, and people are Ohio State fans do not like Justice Suing very much, but Justice Suing no, had a huge. Oh, just doing at a huge, a huge uh, a sequence in the, the end of the game with three minutes left. Illinois had just had an and one. RJ Melendez got fouled by Roddy Gale, cuts the lead to eight. Uh, Isaac likely turns the ball over, I believe, and uh, Illinois goes the other way with it. Justice Suing sprints down the court, races Ty Rogers and uh, Matthew Meyer down the court, swats it away, throws it behind his back to save it. So that's truly like that was truly an incredible play of awareness on the court, getting down there, not only getting down there, but getting the ball out of his hands before he ran to the crowd to know exactly where I believe it was Sensiball was. It I mean, was that was Sensiball. just yeah, he flipped it behind yeah. his back to Sensiball, and then he comes shout back to Sensiball for him. running down the court with him as well. Because if he's not running down the court with him as well, that's just another easy layup for Illinois. Like that was just a perfect play all around. Sorry, you can continue. Right. You don't have a guy there to catch the ball that you just saved. Yeah, all around great play. And then Suing turns around and sprints back up the court and scores at the other end, right? To to make it yep. a ten point game, right? If he does it, the game. He, yeah, with three minutes left. That that put the pretty much the dagger in Illinois. If he does not bust his ass down the court to force that turnover, that's a six point game. And who knows, three minutes left, six points. But instead, he forces, he busts his ass down the court, forces a turnover, turns around, sprints back, scores the other end, makes it 10 points. So <clears throat> I know that Justice Suing had a, a, stretch during this, a stretch during the season that was tough. But I still think his overall numbers this year are not terrible. And, man, he does not deserve the hate, the hate that he gets from God, a lot no. of the fan base, especially when he did not have to come back. He didn't have to come back for a six-year. No. He came back because – you know, he likes Ohio State. He likes the program. He likes the coach. He wanted to be back with his teammates. Um, and it was a double-double, I think, 15 and 11. So he had an awesome game. Yeah, didn't first one of the season. People, didn't see too many people online that were like, hey, kudos to Justice Suing. It was kind of just crickets. But he had a good game. A lot of good no turnovers. I, no turnovers, I believe. No turnovers. And we haven't even talked about Bruce Thornton barely at all. And, man, but what the, the heck. Game. This was the most complete game as a team, right? Like I said, Brown had nine points. 14 from Suing and uh, Sensabaugh, maybe Suing at 15. 20 from Thornton. Sean McNeil had a couple of nice plays, including also I thought it was hilarious. So, like, they like Sean McNeil had his little two-handed dunk, which was great. You know, first dunk of the season. He was smiling. And then immediately Bryce Sensabaugh was like, nah, let me do something. Let me, let me make people forget about that. <laughs> 
absolutely ended Matthew Meyer's life. I don't know if you saw like the screenshot, but like I'm the sure fact that call foul there is just absurd. It's absurd. Oh my! Matthew God. Meyer was like horizontal across Bryce's like <laughs> belt, his waistline, basically. I mean, he literally was like, what is it called, habeas corpus, when a body just yeah. goes dead and cold. Like he's just like a dead body laying horizontal while he just yams. Oh my God. And Matthew um, Meyer, a top five shot blocker in the big 10 like that. He jumped with a dude that normally can send that back. Like the hell is he averages like 1.4 blocks a game. So that was, just I mean, you know, fun game, man, fun game in a vacuum, you know, well, there we go. You're at four and 14. Now, you know, what do you do? You're the 13, you're the 13 seed. You're four, and, you're four and 14 now in the big 10 conference. But when you when you look away from the record, if you're just looking for if you're just looking for signs of positivity, you're looking for improvement from specific guys. I think you saw a lot of uh, well, really positive signs from guys that will be a part of this program moving forward. Yeah, I was really happy to see that if you didn't know Ohio State was four for four, four and fourteen in the conference, and you were just on Twitter yesterday, you wouldn't know that. That was it was nice to see some just positivity for once. Whether it matters or not, who really cares? You know, these guys need it. These guys see what you're saying, you know. These guys are on Twitter. They see a lot of the shit that people say about them. So it's nice to see some positivity for once. Some just – it's okay to say that it's been a disappointing season, but Sunday was fun as hell. It was fun as hell to watch this team. It felt like December again. They got a huge win. Well, not really a huge win. It's actually a pretty meaningless win because they're still a 13 seed. But a good win for morale in terms of – the win was meaningless in terms of standings or seating. It was a good win for morale. If you can beat Maryland on today, uh, tonight, you know, you got your two-game winning streak. You go at Michigan State, that's probably a toss-up, but I'll give Michigan State the edge just because it's on the road. But, um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, this is a – you're not playing for nothing right now because you have so many young guys. Right last year, it was kind of like, you know, who's really returning? It was kind of – you're not really getting ready for next season. It felt like last year was kind of a year they could have maybe done something. This year, you got three fresh. You got four freshmen starting. You have likely Zed Key coming back. You have maybe Tanner Holden, maybe Gene Brown. You know, you have these pieces that are coming back to this team. It's important to get, like you said, good possessions. That's where that mind sift. When they started the four freshmen the first time, which was was that Purdue two games ago, Purdue. Purdue. So yeah, that was when the mindset shifted of like, okay, let's. Let's play for now to, okay, let's get these guys some experience. Let's get them ready for next year. You can still win games with them because they're obviously incredibly talented as we just watched, but it's important to get these guys some reps and it's important to get them, like you said, just good possessions. They just won a, a, a big game against a good team that was kind of down to the wire. You know, it was, it was a four, it was a five or six point game with three or four minutes left. So they, they held off a good team at home. The atmosphere was awesome. Shout out to the people that went to the game because it's easy to forget about teams 3-14 and 14 in conference, but the shot was bumping. I mean, you were there. You can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but it felt like the atmosphere was really good. So, overall, just, you know, a lot of takeaways. Bruce Thornton said, I'm not transferring dummies. Stop saying that. Uh, that was pretty much what he said, which was nice. Stupid. Stupid. Uh, which was, yeah. I mean, I never understood how what he said how people took away – granted, it's just negativity. Like, it's just people that want to be negative. So, everything that he, he, people say, they're going to take negative takeaways. But saying, I never want to have this feeling as long as I'm a Buckeye, trans, translating that to, oh, he's gone. I don't – that doesn't translate to me. That's just him saying, whether I'm here two years, three years, four years, whatever the case may be, because uh, he could leave early or whatnot. Or even if I'm just here four years, like, I never want to have this feeling again. That's all I took from that. I didn't take anything crazy from it, but I'm glad he kind of put a pin in it and was like, no, I'm not going anywhere like this. Also, why would he go anywhere? He's playing 35 minutes a night, still in the Big Ten, still on a team that's going to be on national TV with a bright future ahead. Like, I don't – like, that doesn't make any sense. But obviously in this day and age, there's been a lot of transfers that don't make any sense. But So I'm not ruling anything out. But um, I'm glad he kind of put a pin in that. And it seems like Chris Oldman put a pin in him going anywhere, which – I mean, I don't really doubt all the jobs he's kind of popped up in aren't really great jobs. I wouldn't want to take over Notre Dame right now, and I definitely wouldn't want to take over Ole Miss right now. So, I don't know. It was cool. It was good game, good press conferences afterwards, good vibes. Yeah, and I mean, again, when you're forward, what are they, forward 14, we said, it's 
something like that. You, you got to find you got to find ways to, to to be positive and put positive spins on on things, or else you're just gonna be miserable. But I think after the Illinois game, I could I could kind of I could kind of see the vision if that makes sense because they did you know I'll, I, I won't say it. which. I won't say which reporter asked it because it doesn't matter. We need to, don't need to waste our breath, but we'll just say it was the same reporter that isn't typically afraid to ask questions that maybe shouldn't be asked. Basically asked Chris Holtman, um, when when all these different jobs start calling you, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, um, I don't think Kentucky will open up this year because they're actually turning it around and playing really yeah, well. Good to, I actually someday, would not I would not want to play Kentucky right now, but that's a different some, conversation. Someday the Kentucky jobs can open up, but basically they asked him, when these jobs start calling you, because they will call you, um, are you for? If I think about this, Ben, are you committed to staying here when people call you? And he said, "Yes, I love it here. Um, I absolutely love it here. My family loves it here." And he said, "Me and Gene Smith have been very clear and open about our plan." He kind of said, "Listen, I know it's hard for some fans to accept and to kind of chew on the idea of a quote rebuilding year in year six. But he said, since the beginning, we have been very adamant that like we want to give these freshmen so much run this year because we think that they're all going to be great. Like we want to give these freshmen as much run, and hopefully, what you saw today against Illinois, against a team with vets like Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer and Coleman Hawkins, hopefully, what you saw today is what we have seen all year long, what we know is coming. And then you pair that next year with a Devin Royal, who I think is probably going to be a starter from day one. And a Scotty Middleton, who's going to be an impact player defensively that needs so badly. And an Austin Parks, that's going to give them a third big man that they've so desperately needed this year, if for nothing else, just to throw some size at guys if Felix Akpara or Zed Key is hurt. Like, you can, I could, for a second there, I could kind of see the vision. Like, for a second there, Chris Holtman did not look panicked. He did not look on his heels. There have been some, there have been some press conferences where he looked like deer in the headlights. And this time he looked calm and confident and kind of like, He's basically like, I see the vision. Do you guys see the vision? Like, do you guys now see what I have been seeing? Do you see why we're taking lumps right now? Like, because we think that these guys, what you saw against Illinois, that's what we've been seeing all year long at practice. This is this is what's coming. So just get ready. And for a split second, I was like, I see the vision. Yeah, and I think that's why it's okay to be excited about a win when you're three and fourteen because of who contributed to it. If this was a game where like. Ice likely went nuts, and Sean McNeil had 20, and, you know, Justice Suing – well, Justice Suing did have a good game. But, you know, if it was all the seniors doing it, I'd be like, all right, whatever, you know. But it was Bruce Thornton had 20, and he looked, I mean, literally unstoppable. Like, it was it – was, it's insane how good he looked on offense. You had Bryce Sensiball, who I do believe – I've said this all the time – I don't think he's a sure NBA gone this year. I just don't. I think there's a lot of different factor, and, again, I know nothing – but there's a lot of different factors playing in with guys coming in. I do think that the things that he can work on can be worked on in college to where like Malachi, like all the things that he could improve upon, you kind of just improve upon in the NBA with experience for, excuse me, for Bryce. I think there's a lot of things he can actually work on with another year. In college. I don't doubt he'd be a top probably late first round, early second round this year. I don't think he'd be a lottery pick, but you can come back average 20 a game get a little bit better at defense and be a top 10 pick next year. Similar to the trajectory I think Kobe Bufkin will take um, at, at Michigan, who has also been absolutely phenomenal for them over the past month. So I, I really hope he does come back. Even if he doesn't, you've got three guys coming in that are going to make an immediate impact. Austin Parks, probably not because Zed Key and Felix Hockpar, I just don't really know where he slides in there, but um, the other three for sure. So, you know, if assuming somebody or two people transfer out, that's just kind of – you can kind of assume that that's the climate of college basketball. We thought maybe nobody would transfer out last year, and two guys did. So, you know, you go – maybe you can hit on a transfer. I don't think they've been as bad in the transfer portal as people make it out to be. Um, I do think this year was probably – I wouldn't even say a bust. I would just say the roster construction was better on paper than it's been on the floor. But if you can hit on transfer next year – you know, I, I do think this team next year with Bryce Edsenball is a top 10 to 15 team in the country, honestly. Without him, they're probably a fringe top 25, middle of the pack, Big Ten team. But um, it, it's funny. With him, I think next year is their year. Without him, I think 2024 is their year. Because, again, I don't think anybody's leaving after next year, but um, I, like early. So, 
you take these games against like the Illinois, who Illinois is a very veteran team. Matthew Mayer has won a championship. You have Terrence Shannon, who's been through the ringer at Texas Tech and Illinois. You have these guys, Coleman Hawkins, a three-year guy. So they have a lot of pieces there with experience. And Ohio State beat them down the stretch with freshmen. And that was Felix Arpar played eight minutes. He had maybe the best minute and a half of basketball I've seen him play all season. He had a block, dunk, block, and then he got blocked on the other end. But still, he looked fantastic. So I, I no notes. No notes. To uh, jump back on Kobe Bufkin, just because I was curious. Now, I'm not looking at a bunch of – Tankathon is fun. Tankathon is a fun website. They're not maybe the most the most reliable NBA draft um, outlets. So I'm just not going to look at all the different mocks right now. But right now they have Bryce Ensbaugh going 12 overall to the Raptors and Jet Howard going 13th uh, to the Lakers. And Kobe Bufkin's not in here. Um, I like Kobe Bufkin. When Ohio State played – Michigan, I think Kobe Bufkin was shooting like 28.9% from three. I think when you're as slight, like as slim as he is, he probably needs to get a little bit more weight and probably yeah. knock down some threes with a little more consistency. Because I also, I expected him to be maybe a second round draft pick in this mock and I don't see him, but he is, he is pretty good. And, um, Great what was I gonna, there was, there was something else. Oh, cause you were talking about back in the Illinois game with, 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 with Bruce Thornton. I also saw the vision because of the comments that Bruce Thornton was making afterwards too. You kind of had like the players and then Underwood and then Holtman. But when Thornton was in there, man, he kind of was just saying like, listen, this is what I'm telling you guys. Like we're stacking good practices. We're stacking good games. Even if the wins aren't coming, we're getting better. We're, we're really getting better right now. We, I'm, I promise you we're getting better. And he said, I'm so glad that I'm at Ohio State. There's nowhere I'd rather be. Like, there's no coach. There's no coaching staff. I would rather have like, I mean, like he is a, a fundamental piece moving forward. And I think I might be at the point that I would say that I think Bruce Thornton might be a better all around college basketball player than Bryce Sensabaugh. And that's not me trying to be a I hater. Think, I, I, I don't think, I think Bryce Sensabaugh is probably better, but I did have the take yesterday. Bruce Thornton is more important. Like, Again, I'm tr- I'm not a I'm not trying to be a hater, or maybe I am no. being a hater. I don't know. That's more it's more compliment to Bruce than an insult to Bryce, in my opinion. Specifically, a college basketball player, and I have a friend that went to Michigan that DM'd me after the game against Illinois and said I did not have Bruce Thornton being Ohio State's best player on my bingo card. I promise you that. So he's just all around like he's I think averaging nine point six right now per game, but he. Currently, I'd have to look at his last like four or five games because Bruce has been aggressive, not settling for threes, getting into the paint, um, just hitting just I don't know. Big, I call him big boy shots. He's hitting some big boy shots the last few games. But I mean, you're going to have him as your point guard as a sophomore. You'll probably have him as your point guard as as a junior. Um, I don't know if he'll go to the NBA or not after two or three years. But I saw how he played. Um, and Holtman kind of saying, listen, this is what we've been seeing all year. I hope you guys could see it today. This is the vision. Bruce Thornton more or less was saying the same thing. It's like, we're coming. Don't worry. We're, we're coming. I had to take the other – I was just going to say, I've had this take kind of brewing this year, and I genuinely believe – and this is this is with the caveat that I considered D'Angelo Russell to be a shooting guard when he was here just because Shannon Scott played the point guard position. Unless I'm tripping on that, but I think that's how they did it. Um, but considering D'Angelo Russell's shooting guard, I think Bruce Thornton, by the time he's done here, can be the best point guard since Mike Conley. And I know who I'm leaving out of that list. So I, I'm so high on Bruce Thornton. Yeah, also, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, Brad Underwood. You're talking about Dane Danger and the matchup with Akpara. Um, I'm not a coach, so I, I'm probably wrong here, but it seemed like a really, really, really dumb strategy for Brett Underwood to not play Dane Danger. Like after the game, Brett Underwood said like – Yeah, I was confused about need, that to be honest. He said we need to get Dane going more. We need to get him more opportunities. And so so, you, so when Zed Key is out and you know Ohio State is playing at a very tall, slim freshman center, you responded by only playing Dane Danger – let me see how many minutes Dane Danger played. He only played nine minutes. Nine minutes. How are yep. you, you going to say we need to get Dane going more right after you just played him? He didn't even have a foul. It wasn't like he got pulled for foul trouble. Like, 
So what what Underwood, if I was Illinois, I would have played Danger more because so far Felix has not shown the ability to consistently guard bigger, stronger big men without fouling. So what like you ter- do is like Terrace Reed kind of. You play Danger more, you get you get Akpara into foul trouble, and then they would have found themselves in a spot where like Gene Brown would have had to guard Dane Danger, which is a terrible mismatch. So I don't yeah. under I did not understand. Brad Underwood was real pissed off after the game kind of throwing his guys under the bus and I Brad Underwood of, never I couldn't think of a good way to ask Brad Underwood <laughs> what, what are you talking about you could have played Dane Danger more and got him going you chose not to and now you want to specifically cite him at the post game presser as a guy who needs to get going buddy this is a prime position for you to really go through Dane Danger and you chose not to so that puzzled me that puzzled me well, and also in the first game, he only played 14 minutes, but that was because of foul trouble. In those 14 minutes, he had six points, five rebounds, and he was three for five from the field. So that's fairly efficient. Um, so, yeah, I was very puzzled that Dane Danger. It feels like go, going small right now, going small against Ohio State plays into their hand because you allow yeah. Gene Brown and Ice Likely yeah. to guard smaller guys. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Like Maryland, if Maryland's smart on Wednesday or tonight, Julian Reese is going to be their best player, and he probably will be because he's been playing monstrous. But yeah, it's it's very weird. I don't get like, it. Chris Holtman would one hundred percent rather have like I'm sure he's glad that Illinois basically rolled out Coleman Hawkins as their five, and because that's a guy that Gene and Hawkins Brown's had a good game. Of, but yeah, I mean Hawkins also uh, shout out to Coleman Hawkins because he also put Gene Brown on an absolute poster earlier in the game, and thankfully Bryce Sensabaugh made us forget about that. But Coleman Hawkins. Oof. He dropped a body. Well, especially, Eugene Brown's body. especially because Bryce said the ball needs to buy Eugene Brown dinner after that one because it was the incredibly lazy pass by Bryce said the ball that set up the Coleman Hawkins dunk. So since the ball does that sometimes just kind of not really just, you know, passing without thinking and Hawkins read it. And then, uh, you know, Gene Brown tried to do the, 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 the good thing and go up with him and it didn't work. So. Yeah, he jumped them into I think every single Ohio State fan, when Bryce Sensabaugh jumped at first, zoomed in to see if hopefully it was Coleman Hawkins, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was Matthew Mayer, but yeah, definitely but I mean, that's nice if that was Coleman that's, Hawkins. That's the matchup Holtman wants. He would rather have Gene Brown yeah. in the game guarding a, um, a, a forward, like a 6'9 forward, than have Felix Akpara out there trying to defend a true center. So basically, as soon as Holtman sees that Dane Danger's not in, then Akpara gets pulled. And when, when Underwood yeah. decided to not go with Danger, that's why Akpara didn't play. It would have played right into Illinois' hands to probably go with Dane Danger more. It made no sense yeah. to me. If, if Dane Danger plays 25 minutes, Akpara plays 25 minutes. They literally were just going tit for tat with that. So, I've been to a couple different presses with, with opposing coaches, and we've had a string here of like some really, really good press conferences with opposing coaches. Chris Collins is awesome. Tom Izzo was awesome. Um, Michael Shrewsbury is awesome. What was Fran like? Was he in – I guess that was after uh, no, Ohio State win. Yeah, he didn't stand out to me as a guy that I didn't leave the press conference being like, that was a really good press conference, but I, I don't know. Shrewsbury, Collins, Izzo were all really good talks. They did not come off like assholes. Um, maybe it's just because he lost, but Brad Underwood absolutely came off as an asshole. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of his thing. So, Anyway, all right, so we talked. We said we would have a little Ohio State talk. We did talk about the Illinois win for about half an hour here, as we are prone to do. But now we can look at the, the, the tournament bracket, the Big Ten tournament bracket. Um, give I'm you myself you, into it, Connor. I'm just going to say, give, winning give, the people tournament. Some, give people some false hope, I guess. Um, you, were, you were trying to think of a different word there, but didn't come to mind, so it's just false hope. I think they're going to win the Big hope. Ten tournament. Um, they're the they're the thirteen seed. <laughs> Why not? They're locked in. They're locked in as the thirteen seed. Uh, what's fun is that the twelve seed could be one of any. Who's the Who's the best team that could potentially fall to the twelve? There's two games left, so it Purdue. couldn't be anybody with. Couldn't be anybody. It couldn't be anybody <laughs> with eleven wins. So technically, Illinois, Iowa, Rutgers, Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. Any of those teams could could potentially be the twelve seed. Uh, but right now, as of uh, today, it is ne- <laughs> it is Nebraska as of today. So, like hypothetically, it'd be Ohio State Nebraska in the first round. And hypothetically, dub. if Ohio dub. if Ohio State 
beat Nebraska in the first round, they would play the five seed, who as of Monday, the five seed is Michigan. Dub. <laughs> so if they hypothetically uh if they hypothetically beat Michigan in the uh in the quarterfinals, they would go to the no. One, two, five seed Michigan. Then they would play the four seed most likely in the quarterfinals, which would be Northwestern. Crickets. He's like, I don't know if that'd be a dub. Um, yeah, that I maybe dub. Um, question mark. Yeah, poss- possible dub. So that's, that's in the last two game, in, in the last two games has had thirty five points and four points. So I would say it probably depends on which boo boo you get. <laughs> but uh, also, if people forget, the first time they played Nebraska, they did lose. Shocker, but they only lost by three at Nebraska, and just about everybody played like shit. So. Just saying. I think I think that Ohio State's ceiling in the Big Ten tournament is one win. I think it's a they, championship. I think that they have a decent chance to win a singular game in the Big Ten tournament in that Wednesday game. I do not expect them to win a second game. Although, it's a very odd year where basically you have one clearly best team in Purdue and one clearly best team, I'm sorry, clearly worst team in Minnesota – and any team in the middle 12 beating any of the other 12 wouldn't blow anybody away. If Ohio State was to beat Indiana somehow in the Big Ten tournament, I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be flabbergasted. Yeah. Because for the, most part, for the most part, Ohio State has hung with everybody they've played with, save for a couple blowouts. But for the most part, they've hung with anybody. So I would be I would be surprised if they beat Indiana, but I wouldn't be like, totally flabbergasted if they beat like an Indiana or a Northwestern in the big 10 tournament. But I do think that their, their ceiling is probably, I think one win in the big 10 tournament, but I can see why people are getting false hope. (laughs) Yeah. I can't imagine who Minnesota's one win came against, but it has to be at the barn. Right. Right. It was, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was, uh, right. Yeah. I think I was sick that night. I didn't actually catch, (laughs) I didn't actually catch Minnesota's. Oh. I didn't catch Minnesota's only Big Ten wins. I'm not. I'm not sure who they beat. Um, Had to be. At hopefully, the point, yeah. Hopefully, it was like Maryland. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's what it's shaken up as. I know you. I, I don't know if it's a bit or if you. Act, I don't know if it's a bit or if you actually have confidence. But there's it's a big a murky middle. Of the, <laughs> yeah, it's there's, a bit. There's a there's a big murky middle of the Big Ten that uh, I, will, I will I will say this who knows. if. It won't hold how how it is right now because there's so much can fluctuate. I do think if I'm actually predicting, I do think they'd beat Nebraska. Um, I don't know. Michigan's a horrible matchup right now because Michigan is that'd be their one big that'd be their first game, probably playing for a tournament bid. So they're playing for everything. Hunter Dickinson without Zed Key. I mean, you saw what he did to Felix Akpar in the first game. I I just I don't know how Hunter Dickinson doesn't have 30 and 15 in that game. And then plus with Kobe Bufkin and Jed Howard, I just it, that's a Michigan's not playing great ball in general this year, but that's just a horrible matchup. So I don't love if they would play Michigan. I'm actually opposite of you. I would I would take them over Northwestern, um, but and then I mean then you I don't see them any any scenario that they really beat Purdue. Um, so we'll see. I mean, of course they were one turnover away from beating Purdue. So uh, granted, January fifth feels like it was five years ago, but. You know, I, I don't know. I, this The Big Ten tournament is going to be impossible to predict, to be honest. I'm actually doing a thing uh, this year where I am trying to predict every single game of every single conference tournament. I tried to do it last year, got through three of them, and got bored, so I stopped. I'm going to try to do it again this year. Uh, it starts today. We're recording this Monday. I did the A-Sun today. So, um, but anyway. Uh, who's, winning, who's winning the A-Sun? Oh, I forget. Um, what the f- <laughs> Who did I have winning the A-Sun? Oh, I had Liberty. So, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Darius McGee still there? I didn't do yeah, any yeah. research before. <laughs> I was just like, I think Darius McGee still there. I have Liberty winning it all. They're the two seed, though. Kennesaw State's the one seed, so shout out to them. But anyway, um, I did pick Liberty to win that one. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the Big Ten tournament is going to be – you. The, that's the thing of like – it's a bit me saying like, I can win the tournament. But I did just watch them beat Illinois by 12. You know, like I do think – and that was a fully healthy Illinois team, right? So I, I, I do think 
well, I guess depending on what you consider Sky Clark, he's just not on the team. But for the mo- for what they have now, that's their team. Sky Clark's not coming back. So um, I just I don't I could talk myself into them beating anybody, honestly. Because even you look at their losses, like oh yeah, they got blown up by Indiana, but you know it was a closer game than I think the stats show. And Jalen Hush defeat him at thirty. You know you can kind of talk yourself into any little crevice, like you said, what they've lost ten by single digits. You know. Um, the Michigan game, again, Hunter Dickinson just kind of took over, but that one's hard to talk myself into because I just think he'd do it again. So I don't know. I do I think Mich- though, Michigan as the five would be, a t- would be a tough matchup. I want to see Rutgers. Rutgers is, without Maywad Mag, Rutgers is a sinking ship right now. I would need to go back and look at the Michigan box score, but I'm pretty sure when Ohio State lost to Michigan in Ann Arbor a few weeks ago, I think they lost by, was it nine or 10? They lost? I don't want to say it was like 10. And I think Hunter officially, Dickinson, I think nine, I believe. I think Hunter Dickinson did have like something. I think he had something like twenty-five or twenty-six and like ten they, rebounds. And they only they lost seventy-seven. Like they lost seventy-seven to sixty-nine. Hunter Dickinson's stat line was twenty-six and eleven on ten for fifteen shooting with okay. one foul. And so he just and dominated. that is with and that is with Kobe Bufkin and Doug McDaniel knocking. Kobe down. Bufkin also played very well. Yeah, they're knocking so. down shots. They were knocking down shots in that game that they statistically do not hit at a high clip. And Jet and that was a sensible. Yeah, that was also a sensible going four for fourteen. So the fact that we lost that game by eight is pretty impressive. It actually that's kind of it's it's Bruce Thornton. He had twenty five, but yeah, that's kind of what we're getting at. Is that you know they they hung with Michigan despite Dickinson doing exactly what you said he would do against a team that has no center. And really what won them the game was having outside shooters that typically are not outside shooters knocking down shots to open it up for him. So I don't know. Maybe if Bryce Sensabaugh doesn't have a horrible game and Michigan's guys that shoot 30% from three don't all of a sudden shoot 50%, they could maybe hang with Michigan. Never but I, 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 I am a proponent of when you play Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson, Trace Jackson Davis, just let them get theirs and stop everybody else. Right? That's kind of the way I like to play them. So. We'll see. They did that and they lost, but also they didn't stop everybody else. So uh, we'll revisit this in one week because yeah, when, the, uh, when they lose to Nebraska by ten, we'll be like, well, whatever. <laughs> the Big Ten tournament will start in a week, and we'll we'll have to record something before the Big Ten tournament starts because we'll know by then who they're playing. Yeah, and uh, we'll do a full we'll State, do a full preview preview for that. If Ohio time. State if Ohio State somehow does beat Maryland on Senior Night and pulls off a miracle and wins you know actually no it doesn't even matter to me if they beat michigan state on the road if ohio state can win one of their last two games like let's say they somehow beat maryland on senior night they somehow beat maryland on senior night and then they maybe just hang with michigan state at michigan state chris holtman has never won at breslin it's never happened even with like michigan michigan state's playing some good ball right now too that that's a tough game if they can split these last two games and at least be competitive in the Michigan State game, I think it would they'll at least be fun to watch in the Big Ten tournament because suddenly Ohio State will be a little bit hot, a little bit dangerous, and they will be in a spot now where even though they won't make the NCAA tournament, they could absolutely crush somebody else's hopes. Like you said, Michigan, if they are the five seed, they will probably need to win their first game to make the tournament. Yeah. And if Ohio State beats them, they're out. Same thing with Penn State. Potentially the same thing with Wisconsin, um, depending on how Rutgers does their last two games, potentially Rutgers. So, I mean, if the Buckeyes go into the um, Big Ten tournament a little bit hot and a little bit confident, they will be in a spot where they could potentially ruin somebody else's NCAA tournament appearance. I mean, can we talk about how brutal of a week it, weekend it was for some of the bubble teams in the Big Ten? Penn State had a 19-point lead against Rutgers, lost it, and that probably means they're out of the tournament. Wisconsin had Michigan dead to rights with two seconds left. Hunter Dickens had hit a 40-foot three-pointer to force overtime, and Michigan won, probably kicking Wisconsin out of the tournament. And Northwestern blew an 18-point lead to Illinois, and they got destroyed by Maryland. They'll probably still make the tournament, but killed them in seeding. So brutal, brutal. And Illinois lost to Ohio State. So just a you brutal think- weekend for Big Ten bubble teams, which, of course, Big I Ten think- bubble teams is pretty much every Big Ten team. So. I think that can carry us maybe into the last thing what we're going to do here, um, which is pull up the bracket matrix and kind of look at not just where the Big Ten teams are, but where everybody is, 
and just kind of talk if are there any teams that jump out at you as jump out at you as clearly overseeded, clearly underseeded, that kind of thing. And then the Big Ten teams that you just mentioned, um, there's a block in the middle here where they're like lined up in a row, like five in a row. So um, the one seeds, and if people don't know, I think we've talked about this. The bracket matrix basically takes all of the uh, mock brackets on the internet and averages them out. So to me, it's the best thing to use if you want to get an idea of who's in, who's out, because it doesn't favor one or the other. It just averages them. So right now, the ones, there's a three-way tie. Alabama, Houston, Kansas are all a one. Purdue is the fourth one, but they are statistically behind the other three ones. Yeah, I like Kansas. I'll be honest. I think Kansas is going to be my pick to win it all. I don't know that they will, but I like their roster construction. I like the way they use their wings. I think Dewan Harris, you know, you need a great guard to win in March. Dewan Harris obviously been there, done that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really like Kansas, man. I don't know. Houston is kind of scary because they can go really cold sometimes. Again, Purdue has lost four out of six. I like Arizona, but am I putting all of my chips in the Kerr Creesa basket? Probably not. I, well, that's, the, that's the twos. Now the twos oh. in order. UCLA is the highest two. I like Texas, UCLA. Texas is also a two. Arizona no, is the third two. Baylor is the lowest two. Oh, back, this to, the is as of, back to the ones then. Uh, Alabama I don't love just because I just watched them almost lose South Carolina. And who's the number one overall seed? Who am I tripping on? Well, it's Alabama. It's Alabama, Houston, and Kansas right now. They're all they're all tied oh, okay, technically okay, in the bracket okay. matrix. Okay, so I we think that's on because them. every single every single mock bracket online has those three as a one. So when you average them out, they're all just one. Whereas Purdue is not a one in everybody's mock bracket. So therefore, mm-hmm. they're the clear. They're technically behind the other three. And then you have UCLA, Texas, Arizona, Baylor are your twos. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't love any of those teams. Um, I kind of like UCLA. Uh, Baylor has some really good guards, but they've just been a little bit inconsistent. Uh, I like Baylor. Uh, I like ba- I, li- I like Baylor, but we're, again, we're we're recording this on a Monday. Baylor is at Oklahoma State, like in yeah, like a couple if they, hours. If they lose that game, I'm out on Baylor. <laughs> Keontae George, Keontae George is out for that game, but Baylor still does have. Baylor still does have some depth, man. They got Adam Flagler's a stud. LJ Cryer's a stud. Jonathan Shamwa Chacho is back. Uh, people forget Jalen Bridges, who was almost a Buckeye. Jalen Bridges is a very good player. Um, I like Baylor a lot. I really do. Yeah, of those, of those, I probably like Baylor the most. Maybe UCLA just because, you know, Tiger Campbell and, and um, uh, Hamiako is. But I don't know, man. It's weird. Then it's your a weird year. Your threes, you're just going to – every single seed, you're going to be like, I don't like these. Uh, your threes are going to be Kansas State is the highest three, Marquette is a three, Tennessee is like a Marquette. three, and Gonzaga is a three. I like Marquette. I like Marquette a lot. They have no seniors, so that will probably hurt them, but um, I definitely like Marquette a lot next year. But I like Mar- Tyler Kolick has probably been one of the most underrated players in college basketball this year. I like Marquette. Shaka's obviously like- a fantastic coach. I like Kansas State for the I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't hate Kansas State. Marquise Knoll has had a good year. Obviously, the the you know Keontae Johnson's – am I saying that right? Yeah, Keontae Johnson. I get, I get Keontae Johnson and Keontae George confused. Um, but, yeah, the Keontae Johnson storyline is, is awesome. Still don't know about their depth. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I, I don't love any of those teams either. <laughs> this is now here's here's a chunk that you're going to hate all four. So the fours right now in order are UConn is a four, Virginia is a four, Indiana is a four. Iowa State is a four. Well, I have Virginia making the final four in the preseason, so I can stick to that if I want to. They've looked about as bad as any team in college basketball over the last two weeks. But um, I do think they can probably find it at the right time. I don't dislike Indiana, to be very honest. I think if Indiana can get – I don't know what the Xavier Johnson situation is. I'm assuming if he was going to come back, he'd be back. But um, I I do like Indiana. You know, to see them beat Purdue with Trace Jackson Davis giving them almost nothing was incredibly impressive. So I, I don't I don't dislike Indiana to be honest with you. There I like if I had to pick a big ten fours, team to make a run, it's Indiana. Of those four, four seeds, I like UConn. I think I UConn, like UConn has looked really I think UConn's looked really good lately. 
Um, they absolutely blew the doors off of a Providence team that I really, I thought I really liked Providence. I think I still like Providence. That was an impressive, that was an impressive performance for sure. Blew the doors off of Providence that kind of stuck in my brain. I think that having Sonogo out there and then you bring Klingon off the bench who Klingon is probably just as good as Sonogo. Um, don't love their guard play, but. At least will be, yeah. I I don't know if I can trust Tristan Newton and Andre Jackson, but. I don't know. Jordan Hawkins is, is good, not great. It's a tough one. Your fives, I do like the I do like the fives. I do like the fives. The fives in order. Uh, Miami is the highest five. Xavier is a five. St. Mary's is a five. And San Diego State has crept up there and is now a five. That's hilarious how good San Diego State's been over the past two months. Um, yeah, I don't mind. Oh, Miami's really tough to get behind after the Florida State debacle. They're still a good team, but that was a nightmare. Nigel Pack didn't play, but still, that's just a nightmare. Um, or I don't believe. Yeah, Miami, Miami owes Miami owes me money. Anyway. Yeah, that was, I mean that's horrible. Uh, what was the uh, what was the last the second to last one you said? I like that much. St. Mary's, St. Mary's no. in the five. Uh, I like St. Mary's. I do a lot. Also, uh, the one I was thinking of those Xavier. Yeah, Xavier can get healthy. Five. It's hard to really match up with the front court of Jack Nungy and Zach Fremantle. Plus, Soleil Boom has been probably a top five transfer this year. And then you have Colby Jones, who's probably their best overall player. And then Adam Kunkel. I put that starting five up against anybody. I don't know about their bench, but um, that starting, I'd put that starting five up against anybody. Plus, you have a coach that has some success in March. So I, I like it. I do like, I don't hate Xavier. I don't love they'd have to play one seed in the second round, but or third round, but I do like Xavier. Your sixes in order are Creighton is a six right now, TCU is a six. TCU is a six, and then your other two sixes. Here we go. Northwestern and Illinois are both sixes. This is when we start. Every team's a Big Ten team. Yeah, this is when uh, we start the Big Ten. Creighton's a very weird one. I loved Creighton up until the debacle that was Saturday, when they lost to Villanova. Villanova's very good right now. They got Justin Moore back. They got Cam Whitmore back. Villanova's like a team that, like, I would be comfortable putting them in the tournament just because of how they're playing right now. But Creighton. Before that game, they just beat UConn. They just beat Seton Hall. They just beat Villanova. Uh, they lost to Providence, but that was a double overtime game. They beat uh, St. John's, barely lost to Marquette. So I do like Creighton. I think they can probably put it together, but they've just been a little too inconsistent this year for my liking. And to be honest, I don't trust a single Big Ten team that isn't Purdue or Indiana. So I'm just going to chalk that one up. Uh, I, I like the Sixers a lot. I like Creighton. I, I actually, I love Creighton. I think that, I do too. I, um, do too. I think Creighton might have the best starting five in the country, um, and I can't when they're when they're playing well. But man, they've struggled at times. I just can't give you a logical reason as to why Creighton has played as poorly as they have, especially in the beginning I of the season. Can't either. They've been. I think they started like six and five or something like ridiculous. They've they were playing eight. Well. They were eight and eight at one point. Eight and eight at one Jesus point. Christ. Um, they've been pretty good over the past like month and a half. I like Creighton. I love TCU. I've loved TCU since October. I think that now that Mike Miles is back. Um, they lost, I think, four or five without Mike Miles. But now that he's back, they're they're two and one since he came back. They only lost to Kansas, I think, by like five or six. Um, yeah. Mike Miles, Eddie Lampkin, Mark, um, the TCU point guard. His name is uh, escaping me. Oh, Damian Marquise. Yeah, I'm keeping thinking of Marquise Noel of Kansas State. They have Damian Ball. I think they have Emmanuel Miller in there. Is really good too. Chuck O'Bannon. TCU has depth, and Mike Miles as a twenty point per game scorer. Uh, I think that they yeah. could be like an elite eight team as long as they're healthy. Yeah, when you uh, have a guy like Mike Miles, you can he can be that guy that just goes on that weird twenty seven points per game, like three or four game winning streak that way we see every year from somebody that can be a Mike Miles. So that's where I think TCU can be so dangerous because you have that one guy. They have a lot of I just pieces watched, too, but I just watched Northwestern get blown up by Maryland and Illinois lose to Ohio State. So I think I'm I'm fading both Northwestern and Illinois right now. Yeah, it's that's tough. Yeah. Then your sevens. Here we go. Okay, we're continuing our run of Big Ten. Your sevens. Maryland is the highest seven. Michigan State is the second highest seven. Texas A and M is a seven, and Duke is a seven. And I think all of that is just puke. I don't. I don't really like any. Yeah, of Yeah, I'm not. I don't, I'm not totally out on Maryland. I love Jameer Young, and I love Hakeem Hart. Julian Reese has been playing phenomenal ball over the past about two weeks, but. I don't know that I can get behind Maryland to win games in the tournament. I don't know. Kevin Willard's a great coach, and the way he coaches is pretty unique, so it can throw throw some teams off. But Dante Scott needs to play a little better. They haven't got a lot from him over the past month. But, yeah, Maryland's tough. I mean, Duke is Duke, so it's like, yeah, all right, sure. 
I don't know. Also, then, when I say puke, I don't mean that they're bad teams. I'm, I'm, I think that you're doing the same thing. You're kind of more saying like, when we say, do we like this team? It's like, do you like this team's chances of making a run from this spot? In which case, yeah. for most of these sevens, it's no. No, because you, your second round game, you'd have to play a two seed. And I just don't see it. And it's just like, there's no other seed line where you said the four. And I'm just like, all right, like, sure. Great. I don't care. I don't know. Like it's just it's very just teams of like, eh. All right. I think the <laughs> I eights. I don't know. I think I think as as a group, I think I like the eights more than the sevens. Actually, in the eights, it's uh, Providence for me. Providence is the highest eight. Kentucky is now an eight. Arkansas oh. is an eight, and Iowa is an eight. Um, so that would uh, yeah. be an eight nine game, and I, I kind of like I kind of like all four of those teams to an extent. <laughs> Three of those teams can beat a one seed on a good day, and it's Providence, Kentucky, and. Arkansas. I don't think that's the craziest part. I've seen Ohio State. This is not to get off on a rant here, but I keep seeing Ohio State fans want Eric Musselman as their coach. I they've done nothing this year. They've completely underachieved. They're an eight seed right now. I get it. They're in the tournament, but they were a top six team at one point in the country. Like, good lord. Anyway, um, and he's a psychopath. But that's beyond the point. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. I, I don't. Good. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, I, I like. I mean, Kentucky. Like I said, I'm not positive. I want to see them right now. I still kind of worry about their depth. They really put a little too much faith in CJ Frederick earlier in the year. Severe Wheeler. I'm not positive is coming back with his injury. Um, Chris Livingston, you know, Ohio kid, is starting to kind of find his step. But you know, you're kind of just relying really heavy on the three headed monster of Oscar Sheebway, Casey Wallace, and, and Antonio Reeves, and a little bit of Jacob Toppin thrown in there. So. I don't dislike Kentucky. I don't. They'd have to play. They'd have to play a perfect game to beat a one seed. But I could see all three of those teams beating one seed, and I could see Iowa doing some damage just because on any given night they can score hundred points. And I'm not yeah. sure there's another team I could really say that about. I mean, it's not, the Michigan that, State game was insane. My takeaway from that group is I think that I was really surprised to see Providence as an eight right now. I think that Providence up yeah, until Providence. about a week ago they had a chance to win the Big East. Um, They've got some guys, man. Yeah, they do. Uh, I mean, Bryce Hopkins. Kentucky, yeah, Kentucky transfer, Bryce Hopkins. Bryce Hopkins. Uh, Jared, Jared Bynum is still really good. Um, Noah Locke yeah, is their X factor to me. When he's shooting the ball well and opening it up down low for Bryce Hopkins and Ed Croswell, I think that's when they're at their yeah. best. I, I think Noah Ed Locke Cro- is there. Ed Croswell is just casually scoring. Like, I think he's averaging like 13 and a half per game. They've got some guys. I'm a little surprised they're an eight-seater right now. I think they could be a – uh, potentially a, a, a Sweet 16, Elite Eight kind of team. I like Providence. The nines right now are Missouri, <laughs> North Carolina State, Auburn, and Rutgers. As And Rutgers is, no. boy, do they need that nope. one over Penn State because they are a sinking ship. Yeah, none of them. Nope. I'm trying to see. North Carolina State is kind of fun. I don't like Auburn at all. I'll, I'm telling you right now, I will probably take Auburn to, lo- to lose their first game, most likely. 100%. I don't care who they play. They just lost to Kentucky by 30. Now I'm out. Uh, the 10s have a couple of fun teams in here. The 10s right now, Nevada is the highest 10. Florida Atlantic is a 10. Pittsburgh is a 10. And Boise State is hey, a 10. Hey, what, man? Pittsburgh is a good team. I like Pittsburgh. Yeah. I know. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm with you there. I like Pitt a lot. I think it's it's crazy that Pitt is an AP top twenty five team right now, and they are currently a like ten seed in the tournament. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I like Pitt. I like Pitt a lot. It, Nelly Cummings has been great in his role for them. I saw something of like he surpassed his assist total for his like career or something at Colgate this year. Pitt, or he's just he's fit into a nice different role for them. Um, you know, I th- Jamario is Jamario Burton, right? The Wichita State transfer. He's been great for them. I, I like, yeah. I like them. I like them a lot. They got, they got, they got some big guys got, down low. Blake, Blake Henson, yeah. um, Federico, Federico, Nike Saban. They, they got some guys, and their first round matchup. If you look at um, <laughs> Nike Saban, he's been in college for seven years. I when Nike was at Miami, I watched him play at least two seasons, and I've been out of college for four years. So he's been there forever. <laughs> Their first round matchup would be Michigan State, and I would probably take Pittsburgh without thinking. That's ah, a tough game, but yeah, <laughs> that's right. I, I, like, I like both those teams right now. I think Michigan State's playing great basketball. They're finding out. They're finding exactly their role, and you know, kind of again, just another team. They don't have any stars per se, but everybody's just playing in their role really well. And those teams tend to be pretty decent in March. Uh, the eleven seeds. Which would basically be 
your last six teams that are six teams that are in the tournament, you have uh, Memphis, West Virginia, USC, mm-hmm. and Oklahoma State would be really Good your elevens. And then let me look here. Yes, and then so I guess your your elevens that would be in the play in right because there's yeah the bottom two or the bottom four elevens would be in Dayton. Bottom two. Bottom two would be it's four sixteen seeds, two twelve seeds, and two elevens, right? Am I tripping? Would be Mississippi's. I don't know. I might be tripping. I don't. We'll have to look. Mississippi State and Wisconsin, though, we know for a fact the bottom two elevens would be in Dayton at least. Mississippi State yeah. and and Wisconsin are uh, the bottom two elevens, which means Wisconsin right now is the last at large bid for the tournament. I haven't looked it up, so I don't know. But Chucky Epburn got hurt in the Michigan game and left the game and didn't return, so that'd be huge for Wisconsin if he's out for any type of extended amount of time. I can't really trust Wisconsin because I don't think they're going to make the tournament. So <laughs> that's good. Uh, so that's that. Mississippi State has like Tulu Smith. I don't know. I've watched them a couple times this year. To be honest, I, I don't. I don't watch much SEC basketball. It doesn't mean that much to me. <laughs> I know it just means and more than once- everybody else, but. Once you get to the 12s, I mean, basically, it's like, do you like these teams? It's basically like, do you think they're capable of winning a single game? Could they upset anybody in the 12s right Which now? Which normally they are. are. <laughs> the 12s are Oral Roberts. Yes. College of, College of Charleston. Yes. Drake out of the MVC no. and VCU out of the A-10. No. no, the first two teams I love. I, Oral Roberts is – Max Admis isn't even their best player this year. Well, he is, but Connor Vanover has been amazing as well. Like I, I love Oral Roberts. They just ran through the Summit League. I, uh, yeah, Oral Roberts, College, College of Charleston, um, they beat Kent by two. Pat Kelsey is a great coach. I like, Ohio I like State both those teams. College of Charleston by 26, people forget. Well, I know that was, Charles, that was Charleston Southern, damn it. Oh, I was like, yeah, they did not play them. Oh, that actually be a pretty good right. win. <laughs> that would be a huge win. That would probably be a key win win. Uh, the 13s, so they would play a four. It'll be Liberty, Southern Miss, Utah Valley, and Toledo. Well, that's bullshit because it's going to be Kent State. But uh, and in that line, I like Kent State. Uh, Toledo's idiots. Um, but Toledo's on a thirteen-game win streak. Connor, I have a question for you. Do you know who they lost to last? I think it was Kent State, but I it think was. it's nullified. Twelve. I think it's nullified when you lose to Ball State, though, right? Ball State's uh, decent, not great, but decent. <laughs> Kent did lose to Central Michigan. That actually nullifies it. But um, or did they lose to Central? Or what? I don't know. They lost to somebody. They have a bad loss. Maybe it was Northern Illinois. They have a I bad like, loss in there somewhere. But um, of like, those teams like, that, are, that you actually listed, can you list them again? I forgot. Liber- uh, did that Liberty. Liberty. No, that was who it was. I like Liberty. I like Liberty. Yeah, I mean, when you have a score like Darius McGee, again, anything can happen. So if it if it holds and the MAC team is the lowest thirteen, Kent State, Toledo, Akron. I don't like any of those teams to beat UConn with Klingon and Sunogo. So I yeah, that would be a bad matchup. Uh, their only chance is to not play a team with a really dominant big. So playing Sunogo wouldn't help. And but, then the 14s, I think once you get actually I don't know, the the 14s are Iona, Yale, UC Irvine, and Eastern Washington, which I've only watched Iona out of these four teams. Yeah, same. So I've watched one Eastern Washington game and I will be watching Eastern Washington tonight because I bet them to win. So, um, other than that though, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to skip the rest cause we don't know jack shit about the 15s and 16 stuff. The first seven teams that have, a, that would be the next seven would be Arizona state, North Carolina, Utah state, Penn state, Texas tech, Clemson, and then Michigan. That's what you're working with. Yeah, I don't hate North Carolina. No, I do, actually. Um, it's just insane that, like, I don't know, North Carolina, I could probably talk myself into them beating anybody. I could talk myself into them losing to anybody. I don't. They're the strangest team in the history of teams. Um, and then, yeah, Michigan's playing some good ball right now. It's interesting that they still have Wisconsin in and Michigan out. I thought that was flipped. But, um, you know, Michigan, on paper, again, I just – they need more from like a Terrence Williams, a Joey Baker, a Terrace Reed. And Terrace Reed's been coming on lately. It's like they got that three-headed monster that's Kobe Bufkin, Jet Howard, and Hunter Dickinson, but they need somebody else. Whether it's, you know, Doug McDaniel's been playing pretty well. Maybe it's him. I don't know, but they need somebody to step into that role. 
we'll, we'll we'll leave with this and you can give your opinion. Do you think that either don't don't tell me which one, but do you think the odds are that one of Penn State or Michigan will make it? Yes. Okay, then here's their schedule remaining. Michigan goes to Indiana and to Illinois. Penn State goes to Northwestern, and they are home against Maryland. Yeah, I mean, before I before you said that, I did think Michigan would make it. That's a tough schedule to end the season, <laughs> so maybe they won't make it. I don't know. That's a tr- you figure Michigan probably has to win one of those, and then maybe win one or definitely win one, maybe two in the tournament. Um, Penn State, I just I, I watched them lose. I lost. I just watched them lose to a Rutgers team that's been a sinking ship, so I can't trust them to do anything right now. I think Michigan could probably win out of Illinois. I mean, again, Illinois showed nothing as to Ohio State. They were a dead body. And, I mean, I didn't, like, I've seen Indiana be very up and down. I like Indiana right now. But at least, I mean, Hunter Dickinson can probably go tat for tat with Trey Jackson Davis. It just depends on who wins the battle of Kobe Bufkin and Jalen hood Shavino. So, that's a really fun game, to be honest. That Saturday or is that Wednesday? I don't know. I'd have to look. Um, well, you said it. You probably said it in order, so that's probably the weekday game, and the Illinois game is probably the weekend game. But yeah, I just know that I've been on the Penn State tournament team wagon since October. I have too. And Trust I, me, we we I have been not, driving that bus. But I I will right not, now. and I will not get off the bus. I will not. I think if Penn State splits those last two, they win their first game in the Big Ten tournament. I think Penn State's yeah. in. Jalen Pickett's um, phenomenal. I mean, he's, he's like a first team All American. So. I'm still here too. I love it, but I, that Rutgers game was tough, man. That changed everything. It sucks. All right. You got anything else before we get out of here? Go Bucks. All right. If you found us on the website, uh, make sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, whatever you use to find your uh, music and podcast. That way you will get a notification when we put out new episodes. Uh, keep an eye out for episode uh, 69 next week. Hey. And uh, follow us at Bucketheads LGHL. Trying to spread some positivity because the timeline's been very toxic this year. So just trying to, you know, take it as you can get it. Hopefully they win tonight and we can spread some more positivity. Maryland has been one of the best teams in the country at home, but this game is in Columbus. Um, side note, uh, they did, Adam Jardy said they're honoring who Justice Suing, Sean McNeil, and Isaac Likely a senior. I think that's it. So. Obviously, those are only seniors, which makes sense. But, uh, you know, no no wrench thrown in that or anything. Damn, maybe they they got the alumni night boost against Illinois. Maybe they'll get the senior night boost against against Maryland. So we'll see. And I think that's I think that's pregame. So if you want to, uh, yeah, if you want to be if you want to be there to see them with their families, get their flowers and stuff like that, give Coach Holtman a hug, all that mushy cute stuff. um, The game starts at seven. So I would probably plan to be there by 6.30, 6.40. I would say probably 6.30 if you want to catch that stuff. And then typically, um, if Ohio State wins, they will all give speeches after the game if you want to hang out. If they lose, uh, I have seen it both ways. I have seen them lose their senior day game, and then they cancel the speeches. So so TBD on that part. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, I will be at the game. It is at LeMans underscore Connor, uh, L-E-M-O-N-S underscore Connor. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Have a great week and weekend. And go Bucks.